Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the subscribe button, like, sharing the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Exotic Roots Hydro, which I have to give a huge shout out to. They are a huge supporter of the podcast, and I'm really happy to be working with them. If you're ever in Rochester, New York, and you need to learn about any of your hydroponic needs, go to their shop. You can follow them at Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. Shout out their whole team. They have an amazing venue space. Uh, they're going to be putting on tons of events. Just make sure to follow Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. And if you're ever in Rochester, definitely stop by. Let's get back into it. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked up. Honestly, Iris, Eccentric. she can do what she wants. <laughs> yeah. I support her 100%. The reason I want to talk to you, only one reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you a single there. question and I'm leaving. I'm packing up and going. I understand. Was that you, you start, the first time you did stand up was like, what, like 14 or something? I think it was, I think it was 12 because it was sixth grade. And that correlates. Yes. All right. How did you want to do it for longer? Were you just like, oh, that's something I'm doing to get up? I don't know if I had ever considered it an option. Basically, the, the mechanism by which it happened was um, I was in sixth grade and at this uh, school assembly, they wanted to like add a fun kind of event. So they're like, we're going to host a comedy competition. Um, and because I was annoying, I was like, oh, yeah, I absolutely should do this. Um, had you listened to it beforehand or anything? What do you mean? Listen? Oh, listen to comedy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was a big... It's, it's embarrassing because, uh, but when you're a kid, you kind of like, you don't know that many comedians. You just know the, like the clean ones. Mm -hmm. So I listened to a lot of like Ellen and like mm. SNL with like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And so, yeah, um, yeah when the comedy competition came around, they're like, uh, I decided that I would do it. Um, and ultimately only two people signed up. Um, so it was less of a competition and more of like just a, a show. Who could bring more people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just a bringer. It would have been so sad if one of the kids was like, you lose, you win. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was brutal. Um, but it ended up being like, my school is like 900, 900 people in the middle mm -hmm. of school. So it ended up being like a big thing. And I practice for a very long time uh, did you write your shit or did you have like I did and you could tell <laughs> because it was ass it was really bad um like 75% of the jokes were about like airplanes and my family um <laughs> no oh my god I did a show with this probably like 14 year old the other day I didn't he he was before me and I was like god damn it and uh he was actually so good uh, not that he, oh, yes. I don't even remember his name, but he was really good. Shout out to that kid, that kid. who will rename But he did have this one joke where he's like, you guys all know my mom. And I was like, <laughs> no, we don't know your mom. Come on, Cheryl. You, know, yeah, Cheryl. you get it. <laughs> so I see. Yeah. So you did it. And then did you stick with it? Yeah. So basically what happened was I, I did it. Was um, it like a calling thing? Like, were you like, this is it? Oh, did I experience, you know, rapture immediately? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, well, I, it was really fun. And I liked the validation of people being like, you were funny. Cause mm -hmm. again, I was annoying. Um, but what happened was the principal was like, Hey, great job, kid. Uh, Want to do this every single assembly. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because I wasn't self-conscious by then I was in sixth grade and my, my front, my prefrontal cortex. Wait, you, I was not very self-conscious in sixth grade. I became self-conscious in eighth, luckily. So, wow. so you had two great years. <laughs> yeah. I was riding really high for a while. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And so then it just became a thing that I did in school. And then when I got into ninth grade, I started going to like stand up clubs in Singapore and that sort of thing. In Singapore? Yes. Important context. I was in <laughs> Singapore for this entire time. <laughs> yeah. Like an English speaking school? Yes. Yeah. Also, the, the first the first language in Singapore is English because it was a British colony. Oh, okay. So, wow. Fuck you, Sam. Uh, you learned something <laughs> new. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yes, I was at an, an American school in Singapore. Mm. Uh, that's and you were doing it so you were hitting mics in singapore yes for a lot of was it like a lot of like american audiences over there or are you doing it for the local i would say it was like a pretty local audience i mean local in singapore means like people from everywhere so you've got like people from malaysia and indonesia and china and like kind of all over i'm just wondering how that would not stunt your stand-up but did it like affect it Oh, uh, I would say yes, in the sense that like, you know how like Boston comedians will like open with some jokes about Boston. Like I, mm -hmm. I opened with a lot of jokes about like Singapore and, mm. and then I, I actually, I came when I, when I moved back to the States, I tried some of my Singapore material, which like really killed while I was in Singapore. And everyone was like, you can't joke about that. <laughs> That's terrible of you. And I was like, no, no, I, I mean, you're right. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but also I swear there's context. When did you move back? I moved back my senior year of high school, so I was 17. Damn. Yeah. Okay, now I get why, like, in eighth grade, you would start getting self-conscious, and then you move back for your senior year of high school. Are you doing yeah. stand-up through all of high school? Uh, no, I stopped my senior year because I moved back to Vegas, which is where I was born originally. And they're very strict about like 21 plus limits. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing about Singapore is the drinking age is 18. And if the, if a bar serves food, like you can enter. So I was able to perform there. But when I got back to Vegas, it was like, nah, you got to be 21. So I, I stopped for a year. And then when I came back to college, I started again. But you did it like that principle that he that was nice. Of, that was yeah. pretty cool of him. Yeah, because yeah. I love we're so close to Johnny D's. I don't know if you've ever walked by. There's no. a sign for Johnny D's right up on the corner. Oh, cool. It's a jazz club that they used to do comedy at. Whoa. And I, it was 21 plus. And I literally, while I was parking, I was like, wait, I had this like deja vu moment because I wasn't allowed in. And I couldn't. Wow. See, I was too scared to do stand up. I would just go see stand up every night. Like, yeah, as people often start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But my dad would bring me to Johnny D's. And that's like, that's honestly where I met Sam Jay, who was like my first Whoa. friend in comedy. Oh my like, God, amazing. That's she was amazing. like literally so supportive from the, like, even before that's I did stand up, she was like, nah, just you'll get when the time's right, you'll start. And then like, it's crazy to see her now. Yeah. Wow. Like how big she is. But literally so cool. I had this deja vu movement, a moment at Johnny D's right down the street. Wow. Well, yeah. When did you start doing stand up? 
So I was see, okay, you. Uh, that's why I'm so jealous that you started early and kept. I would going. not. <laughs> I I think it like stunted in the sense that my humor really needed to change by the time I was 18 because I was like, why don't people like jokes about my mom? <laughs> like, oh yeah, but, sorry, I still continue. do jokes about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Your <laughs> mom seems I'll... hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was, so when I was 16, I got in a hockey accident trying to impress a girl. And I just had to lay in a dark room for a month and I listened to stand up. Whoa, no way. And I like I met Jim Gaffigan on my 10th birthday. Like my parents took me to see him. So I always I loved like, it. But what, after that accident, I was like, this is what I want to do. Hmm. But I was too scared to do it because all the stand up I like was so personal and so mm, dark. Yeah. And I was like that, but I was didn't know how to portray it. And so I was just angry. And mm. so I didn't do it. I would just go when I was 18. 17 or 18, my mom bought me a fake ID and I flew out to LA and Sorry, did that's <laughs> back up. Your mom bought you. That's very cool. Yeah. To do stand up. Oh, amazing. To do stand up. And the first and third time I ever did stand up was at the comedy store in LA. Oh my God. I was like 17, 18, <laughs> I think. Wait, what was it like to do stand up for the first time at the comedy store? It was Kill Tony. So it was 60 oh, seconds. Okay. It was 60 seconds. But the first that I ever did was great. And like, Tony Hinchcliffe to this day will be when he sees me, like when I go to a show, he'll be like, hey, Sam. And like that That's is sick. just like a, a nice moment. And like Brody Stevens, who is rest in peace, who is one of my favorite stand ups, was there. And like Jamar Neighbors, oh my who was my favorite. Amazing. So like that was really cool. And the third time it was in the main room sold out. So that's like Whoa. probably the most famous comedy room like in yeah, the world you shot up immediately <laughs> bomb my ass off in front of steve-o he's on, he yawns during my set there's a video of him no. yawning <laughs> while i'm doing stand-up i thought steve-o would be kind <laughs> <laughs> that's so off-brand for him. and so after that i was just like fuck this and i didn't really do it again like i would hit mics once every couple months i feel like they did not set you up for success did they no. know that that was your first time and then immediately were like oh this guy's got to come to the main room to bomb his ass no that's like it was inevitable. just it was chance both times wow. but tony after the first i was like that was your first time keep doing it mm. but then i didn't do it at all for like six months until i went again and then he was like you haven't done it at all like there's a reason you bomb. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> if I'm going to have to take it seriously, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. So I didn't do it at all. Other than like once every few months, I would bring friends to open mics and bomb in front of them. That's, I feel like that's, I did the same. Like when I was doing shows in Singapore, I was yeah. doing like one show every two months mm -hmm. and then like crying <laughs> and then being like, I'm never going to do this. Cause you again. don't know. Like yeah. you don't know. You don't realize you could do it three times a week and get better faster. Exactly. Like that just does yeah. not like. Um... And then senior year of college, this is how, I've only been doing it serious, not that long, but senior year of college, I, my teacher let me do the monologue class and do stand up instead oh, of monologues. Cool. So I would do stand up for my class, like starting off. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's butt? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> It was, good. It, was, it was good right yeah i think you should you can use that i'm Thank not you. gonna take it but you better do it i was next, thinking uh, about that since you said a monologue class i was like oh my god i need to <laughs> get ready i'm about to drop an incredible one line <laughs> but sorry continue <laughs> and then on top of that she's like if you hit mics outside of this you can get credit for an independent study oh, oh amazing didn't hit mics. 
And you're like, no, thank you. Got a C minus <laughs> in the stand-up comedy independent study. That's embarrassing. That's the reason I didn't graduate cum laude is because of stand-up comedy. That's symbolic. It is. <laughs> the universe was like, do not do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then the right after I graduated, I was like, all right, now I'm graduated. I can do it. And I just went hard in the paint hard like a motherfucker in the paint that's so interesting that'd be like if a kid if a kid was like i'm not gonna study math in eighth grade that's stupid i'll start studying math when i'm 25 (laughs) that's literally what i'm saying why i'm so like you just start not that you but you started for your age Mm. that's like what you could do (laughs) i just like was pushing pushing and like like my mom just saw me do stand up for the first time oh, ever, wow. like a couple like, weeks ago. You gotta quit, Sam. <laughs> she loved it, but of she, course she did. You're very but, good. Well, I'm also very dark. So I think she was like, oh, wow. Like, this is, <laughs> she needed, like, I need to prove to her that people wanted to see me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that like, makes and did did she leave being like, oh, people want to see you? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, There's a video lovely. of my friend Shamil Kumar. Do you know him? Hilarious stand-up. So, no. He okay. took a video of my mom watching my set <laughs> and I haven't been able to watch it, but yeah, that seems like unique torture. <laughs> I would not want to see that. <laughs> so you stop, stop let's stop talking about me. <laughs> no. <laughs> you stop. Welcome to Bucked Up with Freddie Chanel. I t- I'm interviewing <laughs> Sam Buck today. <laughs> I just from this point on, it's just you interviewing all the rappers. Yeah. <laughs> that, would be- <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be uniquely bad. <laughs> but thank you for your confidence. Um um, you stopped when you moved back to Vegas only because it was 21? I think if I'm being honest or with myself. Or that resistance? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but <laughs> did you have to say it? Yes. Um, yeah, I would say it was resistance. I'd say I was a little bit relieved when I got to Vegas that it was like, oh, there's a very clear stopgap. And I like can't do this for a year and mm-hmm. I have to take a year off. Because I think reasonably what happened by the time I was you know, seven years into doing stand-up comedy at the ripe old age of 17. <laughs> Didn't do that math correctly. Um, <laughs> that I like... I, you go to Harvard. You got, they're going to kick you out if they see the math. All know. right. I study history and literature and economics, which is a soft math. That is <laughs> the soft. That's an easy math. Um, but yeah, I think what happened was by the time I got to like 17 I really felt stuck like I felt like I wasn't getting better at all and it felt like I was naturally because I was going to one mic every two months Mm -hmm. um but I think when I got to college for example I was like very envious of people who seemed to like really know what they were doing immediately and have a very like mature style because I was like I feel like I can't reach that um but basically yeah when I went back to Vegas I I was like, oh, no, I can't do comedy for a bit, but I get to keep my identity as like someone who does comedy. Yes, please. <laughs> um, yeah. So I stopped for a bit. Why did you go to college? Oh, this is. Yeah. Well, I think on one hand, I want to be a well-rounded person. And I think that is like something that's important. Do to you want to be a professional person? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry. Your voice I think I, I, I think, you know, a value that my parents have instilled in me very much is like education, yeah. you know, like you can do what you want. You can, you know, have whatever career you want to have, but you're going to choose that when you have the option to do that's whatever why you I want until after I graduate. I yeah, 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 exactly. So that's also why, like, 
I chose not to study something like um, like film or theater, which I think are like very valuable things to study, but instead was like, I'm going to study um, some like, you know, some really difficult subjects like history and literature. <laughs> were you um, open about wanting to do it or is it, were you like in the back Wanting of your to mind, do comedy? Like being, is that like, do you want to be like a stand up? I think, Yes, <laughs> which is um, which is a big thing to say because I might fully fail at it and that mm-hmm. would be embarrassing in retrospect. Um, I think so. I think I want to do like a bunch of, of I wouldn't say I just want to be a stand-up. I just really love writing and like all different kinds of comedic writing. And I think stand-up is like one of the most fun forms of it just because the feedback is so immediate. Like yeah. you immediately know if a joke is really good or just as, um, and I love that. Um, Not if you're as jaded as me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, no, it's the audience's yeah. fault. This joke is good. Um, but yeah, no, I, I fully came to college knowing that I like hopefully wanted to do comedy. And that's part of the reason I chose Harvard is because Harvard has like turned out so many great comedians. And I like read in Tina Fey's book that like the two you know keys to becoming a comedy writer are like be an LA improviser or a Harvard boy. And I was like, I could be a Harvard boy. <laughs> like that's easy. Yeah. But I absolutely Fuck could not pro. do. <laughs> yeah. I could not do LA improv. <laughs> They're way too funny. Um yeah. Yeah. So that was what I, I wanted. Did you have you ever done an improv? I am currently on an improv. I do do improv, yes. I just don't think I'm good at it. <laughs> like good enough to stand out in any sense. Have you? Yeah. I, when I was st- see when I wasn't doing stand-up. I was doing improv every week. Oh, cool. I had like an improv troupe on Cape Cod that I was part of that like we would fill the place we had it in nice. almost every week. So I was yeah. still performing. But right when I start, right when I found weed, <laughs> <laughs> it was like improvs got worse and stand up. This seems started, like a dare like, ad. Say no to drugs, kids. Or you your improv. Will if get you worse. like that, is, if you don't smoke weed, improv is like the <laughs> stand up is the more weed thing. That's like, such an interesting dichotomy. Improv is for people who are nice cocaine. and <laughs> No, improv is for like people who don't need to hide from the dark. They're like very happy. It's like happier. Stand up as I feel like a darker medium. I would agree with that. I yeah, I think that's true. And I love him. Like comedy bang bang is the podcast I listen to every week. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Paul so F. Tompkins, <laughs> which no one would ever like when I tell people that, they're like, Really? Like, do you like that? But it's like, yeah, I love that shit. I love improv. But yeah, when great. I found weed, I became more like a stand-up and less improv. You're like, I gotta tell the people about the darkness within. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> you smoked one blunt and you're like i think i think i need to express myself differently <laughs> yeah because i don't know were you ever like an angry kid <laughs> no <laughs> i'm sorry that you said that with like we were gonna bond for a second yeah. no i was like on the complete other end of the spectrum where like as i got older i was like maybe things aren't as good as they seem mm. like i think i was a really happy kid and part of that was just because like my family life was nice. Sorry, I'm just bragging at this point. No, just, <laughs> Healthy family. <laughs> but yeah. No, I, I get that. In my family life, like my parents and I both have a good relationship, but the childhood wasn't that great. Yeah, were you and an I angry kid? What'd you say? Were you an angry kid? Oh, yeah, but I didn't realize it until like way too late. What do you mean? <laughs> like, as you said, as I got older, I realized like, Oh, the way I act is because of things I never dealt with because of when I was younger. And if I want to be an actual adult where people want to have relationships with me, either friend wise or whatever, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to have to work on that shit because I can't lash out 
the way I do because I'm insecure or immature what? about other things. That yeah, that seems like a very mature assessment of the self. <laughs> uh, I, I might need some, a few minutes to myself, <laughs> just to process. <laughs> well, that's why I started this podcast. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I I went to a breakup uh, and I lost comedy during. I went to a breakup two weeks before quarantine hit. Oh God! And then I was like, <laughs> oh, sh-. and she was like, yo, you're you drink too much, you're angry, and the people you're hanging out with aren't helping you. Wow! And for like the first six months of quarantine, I was just still drinking. I would bowl every day, go to the. <laughs> I was just like. I was a little sad. Bowling as vice. Dude, literally, <laughs> I can't bowl now because I look at it like like I was addicted to a drug. I'm wow. like, I can't relapse and go back to bowling. Like, I appreciate that that is your experience. That's also hilarious. <laughs> I bought my own shoes and a ball. Like, I would go literally every day. I would skip other things just to go bowling. Wow. Because it was just like a way you could shut your mind off. I have never considered bowling as the way to shut your mind <laughs> off. But I am interested in this new perspective. <laughs> but I, And then I was like, I really need to focus on my shit. Mm. And that's when I started this podcast. It was like, all right, I'm going to be open about my shit on camera. I'm not going to bowl. And I'm not going to fucking bowl. The bowling anymore. stops here. <laughs> <laughs> that's again. why I fucking, oh my God, a girl asked me on like a date bowling and the way i reacted she <laughs> never texted me back i was like i really don't think we should do that she, she was like all right this is, if you're gonna react like this to bowling it's <laughs> listen i've been clean from bowling for six months now and i simply cannot i can't go stay back. off the ball for my kids i need to be better <laughs> stay off the ball <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> no, but no you see a pin and start shaking <laughs> a pair of slidey uh, shoes and there's uh, no coming back uh, <laughs> yeah yeah there's more to jokes make, but I'm not going <laughs> yeah to. we should we should restrain uh, ourselves <laughs> i'm tying off that bag yeah <laughs> in the, in the no but it's like uh i don't know <laughs> I've, I've, I have an addictive personality. Mm, if you I haven't do. told by the weed smell that I carry around <laughs> me at all times. Oh, is that not Calvin Klein? Not... <laughs> yeah, Calvin Klein. Calvin Skunk. Klein. Weed. <laughs> yeah. I, um, but no, I try to get addicted to good things, but like then I'll have vices that are like addictions to like things like bowling. Or like I bought this Regal Pass that you could go to the movies for twenty bucks a month, however much you want. Oh, movie pass! Yeah, and I'd go to the movies every single day. <laughs> like I got addicted to going to the movies. That's a good financial decision. That's not an addiction. <laughs> I saw Cats alone in the theater. That's an addiction. That is. You didn't mention that. <laughs> That's how you know you've crossed the line. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry you were in that dark place. <laughs> it's such a dark place, like bowling and movies. Yeah. It sounds like it's like it sounds like a kid's dream. <laughs> I turned 21 and immediately I got really roped into bowling and movies. <laughs> God damn it. And I want to be like video games or that too. Like yeah. I was I was just living a kid's dream. <laughs> just the- I had gotten candy every day. I had all the toys I could want. But deep down I was sad. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> what made you start back up? <laughs> Ooh, I apologize for making fun of your no, lived just, experience. I'm, just <laughs> I'm never going to talk. This episode's not getting released. 
this is too personal. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> no, but what did make you want to start back up? Oh, oh, start back up with stand-up. Well, I think I I think what really happened was I like really defined myself as like comedy had just become because I started so young, comedy become the thing that I like did. Like I was just like, hi, I'm Freddie, I do comedy. Um, and I think it was never an option to not start back up because I really didn't know what I would do otherwise. I was kind of like, this is my thing. This is why uh, I make any friends. And like, how did you feel saying you were a comedian when you weren't doing oh, it? Oh, I, I did not say that I was a comedian ever. I would just, um, I would just be like, oh yeah, I do stand up on this. I still don't say I'm a comedian. I think that's like a very scary thing to say. Because I'm not, I'm like, I'm a student and I like, it's not that's something that I do full time. It's not something that I've mm. achieved any success in. And so I think, like, I don't know. I had a friend when I was growing up, tell me like, don't say that you want to do comedy, say you're a comedian. And then in your mind, mm. it like you start taking yourself more seriously. That makes sense. <laughs> and it <laughs> kind of like drills in where it's like, well, if I want to live up to this thing that I'm saying, mm. then I actually have to do it. That's smart and that makes sense it's kind of like how i've been like i am not a bowler and i refuse to bowl and i will never start bowling and then i fulfill that by not bowling exactly. um, yeah, yeah yeah i guess that's i maybe it's a confidence thing i think i just have never felt confident being like i'm a comedian even though i have tried to do many different forms mm -hmm. of comedy um but when you weren't doing it were you still like i don't know like when i was from 16 to when i was doing it i was like I want to be I, like, I would mm. say like, I do, even though I didn't, and mm. it felt like dirty almost. Mm, so I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. oh, like I'm lying to people, That's even though fair. in my mind, I believed I was, yeah, you know, I think I was, so my senior year when I was not doing stand up, I was doing a lot of improv uh, mm. and I was like on my school's like team and that sort of thing. So I think I, I like protected my self-identity in that sense because I could still be like, I'm doing comedy because I was still doing improv. But I think deep down I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll ever be good at stand-up to like do stand-up again. But um well, you're are a well-rounded comedian in total. Like you write and you do improv and you do like you do a lot of different things yeah. that like all fall under the umbrella. Yeah. And I think part of that is is honestly a little bit of the insecurity of being like, if I want to like do comedy i need to do all kinds of comedy like mm -hmm. i need to um do stand up and improv and like write headlines for satire sites and like that sort of stuff um and anytime i feel insecure about one of them i like really dive deep into the other just to prevent the like crisis of self are um, you hard on yourself i'd say so yes <laughs> yeah. um yeah but i don't think i'm hard on myself in like a way that anyone else is not or at least i assume in a, in a way that like are you hard on yourself Yes, but that's why I feel like the only reason things go well for me. I agree. Is because I'm hard on myself. <laughs> not like Sam, if you were ever easy on yourself, you'd go to shit. <laughs> that is true, though. But it's not. It's not true. But it like, all right, you say that, but then you're sitting at a place where like someone had to say this to me the other day, and I'm gonna say it to you, please. Where it's like a lot of people would like to have like what you do because of the work you put in oh that's interesting like a lot of people that's would nice. like to have your discipline and your passion oh interesting yeah i think passion is definitely something that i'm like grateful that i have and did like to and do everything you do you would have like a lot of people don't have the discipline or passion to get where like you are whether it be writing for productress yeah, yeah, yeah or like 
being in an improv troupe at Harvard or doing stand up, like, like a lot of open up for Ronnie Chang. Like, it doesn't matter, but like a lot of people fucking would want that. Welcome to Gassed Up with Sam, <laughs> <laughs> where Sam gasses up his guests. <laughs> no, but you being, you being like, oh, I, I whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. That, I think the hard on yourself is what pushes you. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a mixture of like, I think it's good because I, I agree with you. Like, I think it is something that means that I don't, I'm not afraid that I'll ever stop moving or like stop trying to do a comedy. Cause mm. I know that if I did like no one else would hold me accountable, but I would be devastated mm. uh, and like very disappointed in myself. Um, and then it's also something that I recognize as like something I probably need to get over a little bit because I think if I like need, if I want the confidence to be like, I am a comedian, I do comedy. Like I want to promote myself. I want people to like come see shows and that sort of thing. You kind of need to have the confidence to be like, no, I'm doing it and I'm doing it well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you're still in college. I am still in college. Yes. Like, as I said, I didn't even start till I was out of college. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That, so like yeah. uh, that once you're thrown to the real world, like outside of yeah. a structured like this, For sure. I feel like someone like you would thrive. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> no, I, I believe it. Like, I don't know. I, I, cause your standup was different since the first, like when I saw you at, what's that place? The bebop? The, uh, the bebop. Oh, the bebop. <laughs> no, like, yeah. I don't know. You can tell when there's something, to, it's an energy thing. Where do you think that passion comes from? Like at an early age being like, if I stop, I'm dead in the water. Shark, shark mentality. Shark mentality. Interesting. I don't, I mean, I think I could ask the same thing of you. I feel like anyone who's like pursuing a creative career has a little bit of that because you kind of have to, or else it's easy to just do something else. Well, that's where like, that's where like my spirituality kicks. In. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I think for me, it's kind of been, I think it started out as insecurity of being like, I need to prove myself to people by being really, really good at something. And I chose that, like, I wanted to be really, really good at comedy because that was the thing that I admired the most and was like, okay, I'm going to, that's going to be the thing. Do you think it was just random or do you think like no. you were picked to put on the path? I don't think I was picked to put on the path. I don't think it was random per se. I think it's like in the middle. I think I was a, a kid who like, as, as most like creative kids are, I think I really enjoyed like making people laugh and also like the attention that came with that naturally. And I think it was like my primary means of making friends was like, okay, if I, you know, if I'm a 10 year old who just moved to Singapore, like how do I cue people into the type of person that I am immediately uh, by making like too many jokes? Do you have siblings? I do. I have two older sisters. Jordan and Danny. Are you close with them? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you weren't like a lonely close. kid? No, no. I think I wasn't a lonely kid, but I was very I was very much a people-pleasing kid. And I think I realized that the easiest way to please people is by making them laugh. And that is like an easy way to make them like you. You also moved at very pivotal moments. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I was lucky in the sense that I was like in each place for a long time. Like mm -hmm. I was in Vegas for 10 years and then Singapore for seven. And then, you know, like a little bit of a move back and forth. But um. Yeah, I think it was uh, like redefining yourself at 10 years old, obviously, is like kind of throws you for a loop and 17 as well. And Singapore was a transient place too, where like people would really like live there for two to three years and then move in and out. So you're meeting new people all the time. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. That is, 
<laughs> because like well, you have the improv mentality, but I'm trying to be like, where what, what's the darkness that you want to do comedy? <laughs> I'm like trying to dig, trying to figure it out, and I can't. But right. it's like it's just me. Like that's yeah. I'm the like I'm just like the. Yeah, I think that's. I think everyone's got this. I think for me, it's perfectionism. I think it was mm-hmm. like the I need to be a perfect kid, and the way that I become like the best version of myself is by like really perfecting comedy, and mm-hmm. that was like also yeah. I think that was it. So like the darkness is like I need to be. Yeah. the best <laughs> um, and, and that sort of thing yeah do you ever write like dark personal jokes like does your mind ever go that way yeah I think so I think more so recently I think for a while I like didn't really explore a lot of personal stuff in my stand-up um mainly because I was like I think I was afraid of what I would discover about myself if I looked inward too much well that's why I didn't that's if that's the reason I didn't start so yeah. late because I was like, I know I'm gonna fucking yeah. be a mess when I find <laughs> yeah. out who I yeah, really yeah. am. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um. So I think for me that was like I, <laughs> I was gay. I just like yeah. didn't know it and I didn't want to think about it. Um. And so I like didn't really write about personal stuff. And then when I came to terms with like sexuality stuff, all, all of a sudden it was much easier to write from that place. And I think a lot of my jokes now so are still know? goofy, but. Like- you didn't know? I mean, I think I I knew, but I didn't really want to talk about it. Until how <laughs> old? I like my sophomore year of college. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like really recent. Okay. I know. You look at me and you think, what? <laughs> how did it take that long? <laughs> <laughs> no, but all right. All right. No, no. So your stand-up before, do you think, so after you got darker, like trying, you're like, all right, I'll be real. Do you feel yeah. like? I think darker, maybe not darker. I think it was just like more honest. And I think honesty a lot of times goes hand in hand with like a little bit of darkness. Were you being yourself or you're like trying to like pretend to be someone else? Before? Like the perfect kid. Like Oh, yeah, yeah. Before it was very much the like, I'm just trying to be like any, I would write stuff that was not about myself really at all. I would make mm-hmm. commentary on like things outside of myself. So it would always be like about my family or about like current events or living in Singapore. And it was never about like, who am I? What is my perspective? Um, and then once I became more comfortable with myself through like growing up, it, it, yeah. that kind of came through more, but it's not necessarily dark. I think it's still like, I like to think of my comedy as like wacky. Yeah, <laughs> no, it goofy. is. It is thanks <laughs> um, but I think it, it comes from like a more understanding place I don't know do you feel like you have like your jokes now would you classify them as dark 100 percent. yeah oh, interesting even because like I don't know I was like a lost kid and you did like you just did it like you came to like I was a lost kid and when I found stand-up I didn't want to like grab on until like I really did, which was way too late. And then I look at someone like Josh mm. Mandel. Yeah. Shout out. Josh and I'm like, <laughs> okay, like I, I like what, and I, I hope he doesn't burn himself out. Cause mm. like, I'm glad you didn't burn yourself out. Cause a lot of kids at 10 will define themselves. And then like, I was very close to burning myself out for sure. Yeah. Cause like I define myself as like an athlete and I sucked at sports, but I like, I was just like, this is what a guy is supposed to be. I will like, persevere. Literally. Like I'll be like a, like, I'll be like a man's man. Like that was, I tried to do that too. It didn't work for me. <laughs> no. And it didn't work for me. Like, I don't know. Like I am who I am. And a lot of people don't ever come to terms with who they are. Shit. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. And I don't, and that's where, like, I don't know. That's where, like, when I found stand-up, I was like, oh, that's who I am. And how else could I find that other than, like, an 
an other a power that like is beyond myself do you mean stand-up was the power beyond yourself or, or yeah like there's something or? that had to pull me to stand up mm. like unless it's a perfect equation but like i don't know have you ever done hallucinogens or anything i have not okay so like when i did those it opened up a big path where i was like oh maybe these things are leading me there's oh, like a greater meaning to all this mm. and that gives me my like why i can never give up Mm. So would you consider that spirituality or what would yes. you call that? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm very spiritual. Like if huh. I hate to say it because like people get all like weird, but like I kind of yeah, want to be like, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a weird thing because it's also I did. I, I achieved spirituality through doing like drugs. And if you haven't done those drugs, then like you're just going to be like, oh, those drugs made you think a certain way. Oh, so it's like, I don't okay. like to, even though I do, I don't like to make, put the two together. I think that, I mean, I understand your thought process. That was not my thought when you said <laughs> and then you ever introduced spirituality through this thing, but I think that's still valid. Like the, do you have any like there. other, do you like, are you spiritual at all? Are you or atheist? I'm or you... Jewish. Um, and I, I think I see Judaism as like a, like a moral principle thing, like a really great guiding kind of like spirituality force in my life. Um, I wouldn't consider myself like conservative in any sense, but I like a lot of the teachings. I you think. are the blue lives matter comedian. Oh God, please don't say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast and took that seriously. Then... <laughs> if you listen to the podcast and the only phrase, this podcast is going to be two seconds long. And it's just going, I'm here today with the blue lives I'm matter. That's going to be the clip I cut from this oh, episode. God. Oh God. Um, no, but <gasps> anyway, yeah, <laughs> I'm, so I'm coming back from that. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm Jewish. I um, see that as like a set of guiding principles that I do adhere to. And I, I think I'm also very like culturally Jewish. I see it as like a, um, a community that I really like being a part of. But I, I think I see spirituality more as like. <laughs> Yeah, let's get into God. Why don't we? Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe in the idea that there's like some underlying force that like, uh, you know, has brought us to this very moment mm -hmm. just because the like chance doesn't, the chance is not in our favor that we would end up exactly here. But I think I consider that to be <laughs> like kind of a, I don't know. I don't know what I think. <laughs> well, it, it's so dumb because like when you, what you said is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're no. right. That's yeah. No, because whatever, whether it's an atheist person or a super spiritual religion or a super religious person, they all believe that like, it's all from yourself. Mm. So like, that's kind of like, the believing in yourself is the most important part. Like no matter how I you don't come believe from in it. myself, <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I think of, um, wait, do you not believe in yourself? Well, no, I believe in myself generally, but in the religious context, I think the idea of like an afterlife, for example, feels very self-centered to me. Cause like mm. the idea that there must be something for me beyond this life, I think is like, it just comes from the fear well, that's of dumb. being insignificant. But this life is for you. Oh yeah. I think this life is for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think there are just like so many chances that had to like happen for me to get to this point to like be alive and be where I am <laughs> that yeah. like, of course this life is for me in the sense that like, I can, I think it's a mix. Like I can, I think I can choose how it goes from here. Do you have like what you want to do with comedy? 
yeah, I expect it to evolve, but I think I want to, I think I want to do a little bit of everything in the sense that I like really enjoy the different forms. So like, I would love to write for TV maybe, or like, or write for late night or uh, continue to do stand up while I'm doing that, or maybe do improv. Like, I think there's so much about comedy is just fun for me that the idea of like the variety of different things you can do is, has always been really exciting. Would you, ra- you're, you'd rather be a behind the scenes person, like a writer than like I mean, a I person. I, a writer rather than a person. On the, um, in the spotlight. <laughs> no, I agree with that dichotomy. Um, <laughs> in this life, there are writers and there are people. <laughs> one or the other. Which one are you? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I, I consider stand-up very integral to like, I love performing and I think stand-up is where I get to perform. And I think I've accepted that like, I'm probably not a great actress. Um, and I think stand-up is like the thing that I don't really need permission to do. Like mm-hmm. if I want to perform and I want to write my own material and say, Oh, please let live, me perform. Yeah, please, sir. More performance. <laughs> more. A, more time, sir. Please. <laughs> Another minute. <laughs> I know I've run the light. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think stand-up is the thing that allows me to be like, you know, like when I was, when I got to Harvard and was still trying to like get into comedic organizations that would let me publish writing, the one thing I could always do was stand up. Like I didn't need anyone's permission to be like, I'm going to get on stage and tell these jokes. Yeah. So I think I appreciate the, that performance aspect and would love to keep doing that. And do you see that life as a lifestyle you'd want to live? Like, no. <laughs> but God damn it, we're going to try. Um, um, yeah, I think I. Like you were saying, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, like were the people like, yeah, when I was very young. Or like even curious. Ellen, like she doesn't, oh. she doesn't like. Shout out to Ellen. Shout out Ellen. I don't want to be on record saying that Ellen is my hero <laughs> because I think that that has kind of come and gone. The um, way you acted off camera, I would say she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> um, uh, that is not to make any commentary on No, Ellen. but would you rather have like that lifestyle like a, a person like who touring writes touring or yeah like or do you want to be like a touring comedian i think i would love to not necessarily be a touring comedian <laughs> well i i do love to travel and i think part of sing, like living in singapore like really instilled a love of travel so i'd love to be able to do that in some capacity um i think i also like the idea i think what scare, what scares me about being just a stand up comedian is the volatility of it and the idea of like yeah, sometimes you're going to be doing really well, but, and, you know, traveling and that sort of thing. And then you're going to go through these slumps and you kind of can't predict when that's going to happen. Um, and so I think what I like about the concept of writing is that feels a, <laughs> feels a little bit more stable to me to be a writer, <laughs> which is notoriously not a stable career. Um, but yeah, I think I would love to do each at different points in my life. Like I would love to tour at some point. I would love to be in one city for an extended period of time mm-hmm. at some point. Um, yeah, how about you, Dean? That's so nice. That's such a nice thought that you're like, <laughs> I'm just like, you're going to be grinding until you're dead. <laughs> you're gonna... I'm telling you, there's just like flowers in my brain. <laughs> Things are a good French in here. art museum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Sam came in and was like, is your art French? And I was like, I got this from the internet. <laughs> it's absolutely not French. No, but I get that with this podcast. Like, yeah. my stand-up, like, you didn't know me, but, like, before... I had I had nothing before quarantine. I know, but like (laughs) the podcast was really the thing that like has gotten more recognition, and it's proven that like, oh, I don't know, like this. Now I have two things. Before I thought stand up was the only thing I was gonna do forever. Oh yeah, and now I'm like, oh, 
this is like, I can do both and they work so well together. Yeah, for sure. And now the podcast makes people want to go see me do stand up. Yeah. And then stand up, people are like, oh, I want to go listen to him do talk. For sure. So it, and I love talking. <laughs> the way you got extremely serious before you said that no but i love conversations and meeting yeah. new people and like that i could like not for nothing it would be weird if i was like hey let me let's go get coffee i'm gonna talk at you for an hour <laughs> like, welcome to the podcast you're not gonna say anything <laughs> yeah, but now because there's a microphone and headphones like I can ask you questions I'd like want to ask you. Oh, interesting. Anyways, and I don't feel weird about it because it's like. I could have also just talked, Sam. It's <laughs> I know, but that's, I can't. Like, no, I get, I get. I literally mean, can't sure. speak. I don't know if you heard me before the podcast, but I was mumbling and stuttering. <laughs> and I, I like, it's like I almost can't speak properly unless I'm like, be know that I'm being watched. Oh, interesting. Like that makes me i was about to say that turns me on but that's, <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> no but Thousands i was few <laughs> no but i like i don't know just podcasts help me out so much so i like that yeah no that's great i also think there's there's something to be said for like from a really academic perspective like a diversification of risk you know like if yeah. you're doing you know if you're just going for stand-up great when your highs are high you know you're gonna be like incredible but when your lows are low you're gonna get like fucked um but you know if you've got a podcast to smooth things over and yeah the the audiences absolutely feed each other and like i'm sure the skills are also so transferable yeah and it's also like like you have a lot of stuff going on no one's just gonna make it with stand-up like even just stand-ups that's what i feel like a lot of people don't realize the second i started this like I got booked to do shows in Buffalo for 500 people or Rochester yeah, at an event sure. with 4,000 people. Or like, I get like, I get invited these places that if I was just doing open mics in Boston, none of that shit yeah. would ever happen. Yeah, absolutely. And also no one, I don't know. No, say <laughs> Like stand up fans are so, how many people like, that, do you know that love stand up, go to shows all the time that don't want to be a stand up is pretty rare. Very few, yeah. <laughs> so you have to find fans that aren't stand up fans that like your stand up. That is a hot take, yeah. Okay. So that's like what I, I realized is like, oh, the event in Buffalo, everyone was there for a rap event. Yeah. But I put an hour and a 15 minute comedy show on before the rap show and everyone killed. And then all those people were like, this is what comedy is. We never went to a comedy show before. Like, for sure. That's the growth that I like. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> really, I don't know how we went on that, but no, no I love it. but you have other like you're right. Do you, do you have is your name on the shit you write for Reductress? Yeah. Yeah. So I write for Reductress. I wrote a bit for the Lampoon. Um, I write for a, uh, like a few, anytime stuff gets rejected, <laughs> I put that on different sites or on my Twitter. So there's like, what's your um, website? Oh, my, my website is freddychanel.com. Uh, and I put it up because I was like, I should probably tell people how to contact me. Um, but yeah, I think I try to, oh, that actually arose because sometimes with Reductress, if you like submit a headline that someone else writes because you're just a headline contributor, um, it won't get attributed to your name. It'll be attributed to editor. And there were a few headlines where I was like, oh man, I, I kind of liked <laughs> my headline there yeah. um, and wanted to wanted to 
wanted to show my mom that I was doing well. So I was like, I guess I'll put these on the site. Um, Does that yeah. help with your stand-up? I, so far it hasn't. Well, do you mean writing satire or like? Like, I don't know, connection-wise? Not yet. Um, How did the opening for Ronnie go? Oh, it went super well. Also, that was like, I, I'm in the stand-up, col- uh, stand-up comic society at Harvard. The how Harvard many people are in the... It's quite a few. Um, and how many people performed at that show? I think five or six. I think what what happened is the Weatherhead Center for International Affairs puts on like a show every year where they bring in uh, a different comedian. And this year it was Ronnie and they always have the Stand Up Comic Society. But open. not everyone performed. No, not everyone. So you are fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me. <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying to shoot myself down. And will you not let me have that? I know. Simba lift you up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave this being like, wow, why do I feel better about myself? Than I <laughs> That's what I have? hope for. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think there's been like, those things definitely feed each other. Like, I think it gives me a little bit more credibility in anyone in any one instance that I've done, like a little bit of each. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think like writing comedy makes my stand up better because you learn about like things that stand ups also learn about, like joke density and like escalating premises and like really hitting the game, you know, like all of those. I don't know what any of those. I'm so just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so funny. When you say those words, it's like, I, at first, I was like, wait, I don't know those things. I was like, wait, that's just a smart way of saying the stuff I already know. Yeah, it means you hit the same thing over and over and over again. I've just over-intellectualized it to the point where it sounds like I'm an asshole. <laughs> my area of expertise. Comedy is a math, and that's what these people don't understand. Yeah, when you think about it, you got to take the derivative of the setup in order to really hit, hit it home. Um, just some math terms. It's a motorcycle outside. Um, but I thought uh, it was a hungry man. <laughs> I thought it was myself letting one loose. Um, anyway. What do you have coming up? Oh, we're, um, ra- we're wrapping this shit up. Sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, Sabrina Wu, who you know, maybe um, yeah. from the Boston mm-hmm. scene, who is now uh, in New York. Um, they are uh, hosting a New York comedy festival show called Sabrina Wu and Friends oh, um, awesome. that I that I will be on. When? Uh, November 14th. And tickets are available online. And yeah, it's in New York at Union Hall, I think, um, which oh, is very really? exciting. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. They were, oh, they, they were very kind of bring me on. <laughs> it's, that doesn't it's, uh, matter. It's still. Thanks. You I'm need to stop being it. so goddamn hard. But yes, they're very talented and very excited to see them again. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's on the 14th. And the Roslindale show and Angela's Roslindale mm-hmm. show is uh, on the 21st. Um, those are the shows that I have coming up right now because I'm working on my freaking thesis until then. And where can people find your writing? My writing is online um, at, well, uh, for my headlines conclusively, you can check uh, freddychanel.com. I also write for this magazine called Peanut Kid um, that is like a queer feminist scene that I founded with a bunch of my friends. You at found Harvard. it? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, we did not. I forgot about it for a hot second. <laughs> Shout out to Peanut Kid, peanutkidmag.com. <laughs> it's very funny um uh and twitter i guess freddy underscore chanel i think that's it and I don't Instagram. Use twitter really mm-hmm. i feel like you would do so well on twitter i feel like i would too but I sh- you should i don't should like try being it on my phone yeah that's probably good for you yeah that- I, I spend like it said seven hours average last week to oh day. wow 
That's crazy. You think I should add Twitter to that? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, oh man, if you if you're not on Twitter, do you just spend seven hours bowling a day? Like it's really <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> over. <laughs> All right, thanks. Giving me so much ammo. <laughs> no, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I'm happy we got this. Good yeah. luck on your thesis. Thank you. Um, it was so great to see you, as always. It was great to see you. Bye, awesome. everyone. Goodbye.